Hello and welcome to Dublin Digital. My name is Margaret O'Connor. I'm a conceptual artist who's working in the medium of millinery, jewellery, textiles, fashion, art and all of the different things. I have this show once a month called Working With Music. I'm very grateful that Dublin Digital gave me this space to interview and talk to creative people who work within music or music's very important in their daily day and their life. I personally couldn't work without music. It's a really important role in my in my artist career and path. And yeah, every month I have a special guest and I talk to someone. And this week or this month, I speak to the wonderful Aideen Barry. She's an artist based in Tipperary. Um, and yeah, she's wonderful. And she's going to later on, if you if you're a fan of Aideen's work, get yourself ready because she's talking she's she lays her cards and she's as real as as real as you can get and um that's why I love her so much because um yeah she's just not afraid of pushing boundaries and thinking in a different room or a different space and there's nothing stopping her at all and she's really free open and just you can say anything to Aideen and she um will just come to you on a human to human level and uh, and if she doesn't agree with you, she will show you how she feels in a really approachable way. And it's not um, it's just a really healthy way of um, talking to talking to someone about art and views and opinions. And, you know, sometimes you don't always agree with people and sometimes you do. But it's good to talk freely, you know, and Aideen Barry is definitely doing that. And I'm, yeah, it's, I'm really, really excited. She, we pre-recorded it in the studio here in Ennis a few weeks ago. And keep your ears for our ears ready for that interview later on. So now I'm going to have a tune. Um, it's called Dancing With Myself and it's by Billy Idol. Well, I look so 
Dancing on my, by myself. I have that on my first um, lockdown playlist. On the first, I was in back in March in 2020 because I was always dancing by myself, <laughs> and I because of COVID and or being locked up in the house. But that song really, really um, helped me dance on my own. So next, I have a tune by Patty Smith. Patty Smith is a punk poet legend. Um, she has like her one of her books that just kids won the National Book Award back in 2010. She's just she was um, voted as in Rolling Stone, like one of 47th, one of the hundreds greatest artists. Um, she's just an amazing person. I love her look. I love her hair. I like her, um, her voice. And this is Redondi Beach. Now, it's a wonderful tune and she sings it super. She sings it really, really well. But if you're into Morrissey and the Smiths, Morrissey does um, a really, 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 really deadly cover of Redondi Beach. I'm a big fan of it. And uh, yeah, he kind of makes it his own, which is great. But it's, you know, they're equally as good. So this is the Patty Patty Smith version. Redondi Beach. Shit. 
So now we have a band called Perfume Genius. They're geniuses. (laughs) They're really, really, really good. They released an album called Too Bright. And the whole album was wonderful. The cover is great. I love what he did with his hair. (laughs) He slicked his hair back and the makeup and the the hair people for that photo shoot really outdid themselves. Um, This song that I'm going to play is called Grid. It's um, the title track of the album, Too Bright. It's a former term for AIDS. Um, Back in the 80s, um, the AIDS crisis, this disease was viewed as just a gay-related disease and intentionally ignored by the government. Of course, this was a lot of pain and anger for the LGBT community. The pain and anger expressed in aggression nature in this song with the like war drums and the tribalistic background vocals and chanting. This song is really strong and um, when you listen to it, I feel like you get a feeling and and uh, the feeling that they were trying to project, I feel like I, I got it. <laughs> and if I got it, I think the rest of you will get it. So this is Grid by Perfume Genius. There is no angel 
later on in the show, we have a special guest and her name is Aideen Barry. She's a rebel. That's why I'm going to play this tune. It's called Natty Rebel. Um, it's by you, Roy. And I love the lyrics. Rebel in the morning, rebel in the evening. It's just exactly what Aideen Barry is. And this is the remastered version. And this is Natty Rebel. Stand up, bussing and fighting. Why not just get together and live in one love and one unity, you know? Rebel in the morning, rebel in the evening, too. Now, don't you be like a devil when I play with sounds called a rebel, rebel, rebel. time where I introduce you to my special guest. So I've asked the wonderful Aideen Barry if she would come all the way from Tipperary, from the Silver Mines, 
from her home in Nina um, to come and talk to me about her art and how music is important to her and how working with music in particular, this, this, her last, her current project is really connected to, to music. And I thought that she would be the ideal person to talk um, about music on the Dublin Digital. Um, Aideen Barry, would you like to introduce yourself? How yeah, Margaret. Uh, um, so I'm Aideen. I'm originally from Cork. I'm originally from Mayfield in Cork, but I live, as you said, in rural Tipperary now. Um, so uh, thanks. It's a real pleasure to join you on your show. And I know that you're not a Tipperary woman. Oh, I know no. you're a Cork woman, <laughs> true and true. <laughs> but you're living in Tipperary, yeah. a Munster. You're, so it's Munster. It's you know. Munster, yeah. After you're, years living in Galway in the west of Ireland and actually in Clare, not far from, from your own hometown. But uh, I, uh, I, we've been living in Tipperary now four years, so kind of fairly settled there now. Yeah. Cool, very cool. And how are you getting on? I, you're pretty busy. I know this because I'm collaborating with you on the project <laughs> as well. Uh, do you want to talk about your current project or do you want to talk about, we'll talk about how important music is to you as a designer and an artist and a creative person and a lecturer and all the things that you are. <laughs> Um, Many hats that I wear. All the different <laughs> hats. And a film director. Yeah. And, uh, you're, you know, you're doing some cool stuff at the moment with that film. Yeah. And uh, you've, yeah, you've taken, decided to take on a lot more hats these days. <laughs> I have, but, but Margaret, no more as yourself. Like, music is kind of everything to me. Like, it's been, it was my escape method. Like, I grew up in, like, this working class uh, community in Cork and Mayfield. And music, I was obviously odd different I was interested in metal and goth and alternative music and uh, thankfully there was this kind of major kind of goth scene in the 90s in Cork that I kind of gravitated towards and it was like the music it was the film it was in the art that was being made in the city at the time and uh, so that's what kind of pulled me in the popular cultural thing and the music in, in particular but that has really gone on to influence me right across my practice as an artist, actually. So. It's mad, isn't it, how you no. it doesn't leave you. Like, no. <laughs> you know, if you're goth or you're punk or you're into that sort mm. of thing, mm. when you're, it's just, it's always the root of you. Yeah, it's your philosophy. It comes <laughs> with like part of your like oxygen that you breathe, like this kind of anti-disestablishment kind of attitude <laughs> or something, or like kind of critical thinking, actually. It g- gives you that kind of, critical faculty because you're listening to the lyrics and you're listening to those musicians who are poets and philosophers in their own right and they're challenging all the things that are supposed to be inverted commas normal so <laughs> that's always the thing that's super inspiring is is and hearing it on the ra- radio waves for free you know that's also a thing that's really cool as well somebody saying you know yeah fuck the police or something you know that's great <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're coming from the same cloth when it comes to that i, I love so. um <laughs> I love the punk scene and yeah, I love rock yeah. and roll and all that. And like, I love this kind of like, no, sure. We, we don't, the rock and rollers don't do it. So we don't have to do it because we're artists and yeah, yeah. artists do like, I think it's really important to have music as an artist. Like, you oh know. yeah, totally, totally. Like, and have it playing in the background or having it accompany your work or even in the space of the studio space where it's like part of the ether or the oxygen, or as I said earlier on, it's like, it's affecting the mood that you're approaching a subject matter or something that's going on in the studio. It's affecting the way you're thinking about how the audience is going to meet the art. 
So it's, it is a kind of a, an invisible thing that's permeating the work, certainly. It's really there. Totally. Like, I couldn't imagine myself creating an art collection and have it on, on display. Like if yeah. I was doing a solo show, there would be music. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like I can see it in your work, for example, like like the Bowie influence is so obvious, like <laughs> from the Bowie blue, but also these electric things. But also there's this kind of this, you're always evolving and changing or shedding your skin like Bowie did with his practice. Like he was always like reinventing himself and you've always been doing that. And that was one of the reasons that drew me to collaborate with you in a way is because you had this kind of Bowie philosophy of like <laughs> let's go in and let's see what how we can collaborate with other people and make something completely new or never seen before so like yeah. I think it's good to change I think if you're constantly like I went through like you know you know the way you used to dress up as a goth and I used to do the 50s for a while mm. and like I have gone through I was a bit of a punk mm. and then I was a bit of a hippie mm-hmm. and then I like I've gone through all the different types of things as in mm. I do think that my art changes when my clothes, my, my, like what I wear changes. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, like it's seasonal. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your mood changes. So you, obviously your playlist changes, right? Yeah. And yeah. like, even when it comes to designing, if I'm doing a new collection, the collection normally will be in the colors that I'm wearing and I don't sub- subconsciously start wearing the clothes that is in my collection. Yeah. And it just happens like, but I do think without music like we would like as in we wouldn't really like as in I I don't get as excited and stimulated like if I go into art exhibitions when there's sound it stimulates me on another level yeah it's kind of interesting because it's so emotive like it's 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 um, musicians are kind of creating audible emotion effectively and that like permeates our skin and our, our like invisible antenna or something and yeah I think that's why it's super interesting to think about like the presence of sound in the gallery space or the role of music within your work or within uh, how your work is going to meet audiences and that's certainly something that I'm thinking about more and more in my practice because I suppose in a way Margaret like one of the things I'd be really worried about is that art galleries are totally for rich people middle class people to go into these like white cube spaces it's becoming more and more like that, actually. And uh, for me, that's kind of an alienating people as making people feel like they're not intelligent enough to be in those spaces. Whereas if you start working with musicians or artists who are working with like popular culture or music, then it breaks down barriers and it allows different audiences to enter the gallery space or hear the work in different ways that is free or less pompous or less, you know, is more accessible in a way. I know that sounds a little bit mad, but I am a little bit worried about that. I would be worried about that too, yeah, actually, yeah, that yeah. it's it's too highbrow. Highbrow, yeah. And I mean, like, again, that comes from my own working class sensibility. Like, it was people who went to art college primarily were not people who grew up in Mayfield and working class or in rural Ireland and yeah. were in working class kind of background. It's normally people who had money. Exactly. It was people who had money. And and unfortunately, it's still becoming, in fact, it's probably nearly becoming worse in a way because it's, it's becoming more and more, more prohi- prohibitive to go to art college and to go to third level, to go to university, things like that. It's becoming harder because it's costing more. Especially when you're a designer. Like yeah. I went to London and I worked with designers, uh, interned with them. And all the other interns, a lot of them were, had really rich parents and they could afford, I was mm. living with my sister because she had a house over in London. 
but I had another job and I was working 60, 70 hours a week, mm. uh, double jobbing. So I had no day off and they were just doing it Monday to Friday because they had really rich parents that were yeah. paying for them to do it. Mm. And like a lot of people can't afford to do that because they can't afford to ha- intern for free or intern yeah. for like. Exactly. So it's very and a lot of the artists that I know growing up in like went to art college, they're not actually working in in art anymore no no a lot of them don't because it's so expensive to kind of sustain it and it's so the pay is crap (laughs) let's be fair you know the creative arts especially in this country they pay so poorly um that it's very like we are losing people we're losing a lot of our creatives really are like and really are like and i get i guess that's why in a way i've been trying to collaborate with more people in the creative arts like you and i and how that conversation came about because i was like well we're a community and we're struggling let's struggle together and try and make something together but also make something that can reach people in a way like through like i see like music videos i love them i love music music videos are basically high art and i see like popular culture like music videos are trojan horses for really intellectual incredible conceptual art that comes through MTV, you know, or comes through your Vimeo or your YouTube now or Instagram, for example. So that's why I'm kind of like more interested in like working within other art disciplines like pop music, contemporary culture and that. Mixing 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 it up. And collaborating with other artists like yourself who are also really interested in like traversing the space or the in-between space between design and and art we need and to be moving. Music. It needs to be like constantly. We should be collaborating together as yeah, well. Yeah, I think so. I think our community sometimes, in a way, we may be our own worst enemies in that we're quite territorial about our knowledge or something like that. And you're like, oh, I don't want to share too much. I don't want to give too much away. But actually, it's better if we actually shared and actually reached the hand of friendship and generosity and kind of said, well, I don't know how to do this. Do you know how to do this? Uh, can we try something, making something new together? Or, you know, it's scary, but it's like the rewards are always, I think it's always best to kind of give it a shot. Anyway. Even if it fails, you've, you've learned how to fail. <laughs> exactly. At it. Exactly. Failure is good, right? Like yeah. failure is good. You learn so much from failure. Oh, you do. Yeah, totally. Even mm-hmm. little things like in life as in, yeah. you know, sleeping on an argument, you know, little things. Yeah, exactly. You know, like not Diplomacy. Getting, <laughs> <laughs> well, little, little things like, you know. Yeah, or compromise. Like, or take over nothing. Yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. even when it comes to, I, like I didn't do my last year in college. Really? And yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, the thickness in me, I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> and if I look back on it now, the fuck, they're, oh, sorry, cursed, but there's, um, I kind of wish I did the last year. You yeah, know, yeah, and I think the thick, stubborn woman in me didn't do it. I'll show them. Oh, I don't need no college. I'll go off to London, and uh, I don't know. That's ego. You know, in a way, though, it's kind of more that punk rock attitude, right? <laughs> okay, like because I think Bowie was the same. If I can remember, Bowie was in Central Saint Martin Martin's, and he got 
if I'm maybe I'm projecting an alternative history here I don't think he finished art college I think it was the same thing he was like no this is too entrenched in it's one way vision and he went off and became like their all-star graduates that they used in all their promo material Bowie went here and yeah but I think that's I do believe Margaret that is also happening with your and we have a mutual alum of GMIT and they are always promoting our our former student Margaret O'Connor okay that that I see <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, like as in, thank God we have music, like as in yeah. you're working on, I know you're very influenced by music and yeah. I really want to talk about Oblivion. Okay. I sure. have been promoting and talking about Oblivion <laughs> left, right and centre because Aideen has kindly asked me to collaborate with herself and a team of wonderful, strong, in, interesting and creative people. Yeah. And it's a, it's a group and it's an, your artwork. And you've kindly yeah. asked us to step into your room. Yeah, I better give you a bit of kind of context mm. about this work, how it came about. Yeah. So it was a commission. I was invited to respond to a brief that happened with the Irish Traditional Music Archive and Music Network. So these are music ar- organizations who approached artists to respond to the Bunting Archive. And this Bunting Archive was in honor of Edward Bunting, who's this Protestant composer and musician. And what he did in the 18th century was something quite remarkable. He wrote down the last lilts and errors of Irish harp because there was a danger that there was only 11 of them left in, in, in the world at the time. And he felt that if he didn't write down these last remaining tracks or pieces of music, they were yeah. going to be lost to oblivion. And what he did was he basically saved our Irish identity. And he was a Protestant uh, you know, had no interest in Irish culture effectively, but suddenly realised he was facing this dilemma that this culture was in danger, this indigenous culture was in danger of being lost. And he, what he did was one of the most generous things I've ever heard of in my life. And so I thought this is kind of a remarkable act. And what do you do when you're facing something like oblivion? And I think in a way, I worry, and Margaret has listened to me say this quite a few times, <laughs> but I do worry that environmentally, the task that faces us in the world is so great that we could be the last generation of artists left to live, that apocalypse could be coming. But we could be. We could be. I, I mean, I'm a pessimist, you're an optimist, and my partner is also involved in the project. He's like, ah, yeah, we'll save, we'll save, we'll find a way to work it out, and I'm kind of more pessimistic about you it. You are actually, and I am I am, yeah. That's the goth in me too, Margaret, right? Like, you can't get rid of the goth culture at all, right? <laughs> but, uh, I, but, so I asked a number of artists to respond to this history of the Irish harp, the endeavour by Bunting, and also being the last of the artists, and how do you cope with that? And so, Margaret, you were one of my artists that I approached. <laughs> and I was also explaining about that it had to include Irish mythology, because the history of the Irish harp, I mean, it's intertwined with our language in a way, and if we hadn't had Irish harp, we wouldn't have the Irish language, we wouldn't have Irish music or song. Like the bardic poets in the 14th century medieval era... They would like speak our tales of the Fionn McCool, the Tuatadan, and the Bardic poems of the our mythology, and it would be in, it would be like the beep, it was structured like the beat poets. It would be interpunctuated by harpers playing a piece of music. So you'd be talking about you know, uh, Balor of the poisoned eye, and he unsheathed it as eye, and he poisoned the land in Donegal, and he made the poison glen, and then you'd have a harpist going. We only know this because we've seen etchings of it. But also oh, they cool. would wear, like, uh, and, uh, and this was a really interesting kind of 
there was in those etchings there were lots of medieval kind of hats and crowns that were worn by both the harpers but also the audiences which again of course that went on to influence your medieval kind of structure of your crown i'm i'm projecting here but but yeah yeah but I, anyway uh then then we so there was also this and i was also thinking about like in the mythology that was associated with these bardic poets there was a mythology called about balor and the poisoned eye and it talked about how this guy he would poison the land he would poison his enemies he would poison the world and he died by his grandson firing a uh, a sword or a spear into his eye and he cried poison tears and drowned in his own poison tears and I thought that this was a kind of a, a meta- metaphor for what we're doing with the world or poisoning the world because we are because we are with our like our fossil fuels and carbon I mean it's not you or I it's big corporations but also the weight of it is on our shoulders and the climate guilt or climate anxiety is on our shoulders so I, I kind of felt like so I have to make a work about this so I asked you I asked this amazing harper, harpist called Ashling Lyons. He's just an, an absolutely He's also musician. from County Clare, by the way. Amazing. Yeah. I, all these amazing Clare women. <laughs> and I asked this incredible Inuit electronica artist called Reet from Pangerton in the Arctic Circle. And Reet is uh, just this, what she is doing is she is saving her own language and her own culture by doing a type of singing Inuit throat song and contemporizing it with pop music and electronica, which is kind of exactly, in a way, the endeavor that Bunting did, in a way. Like, an Inuit throat singing has had its own problems where con- uh, colonization, colonizers yeah. banned it. Up oh until the God. 1970s, They it banned. banned it. Yeah. Up until the 1970s, in- Inuit throat singing was banned. Kind of like the what the, the Queen wanted to do with the yeah, harp. Exactly. I mean, Queen Elizabeth had a royal edict that she said that all Irish harpers were vagabonds and they should be hung up from the trees and, like, killed by the strings of their harp, effectively. That she hated horrific. Irish harp. So it went from this, like, period in the medieval era where they were seen as kind of soothsayers or kind of, like, spiritual deities or people of wisdom to being vilified as vagabonds and that they witches. should be killed witches. It also didn't help in a way as well because they looked so eccentric. Like harpers, they grew their nails really long, like four and a half inch long nails to play wired strings. So they looked really kind of, they looked like wizards or yeah. witches in their own right when they were playing their harp. So, and a lot of them were blind. Uh, a lot of them were blind. Um, I, I think they, they were kind of like chosen people. Mm. But with like Turlock O'Carlin, who was the inspiration for the Oblivion Project, like he actually lost his sight in another pandemic, the smallpox pandemic. That's interesting. And so that was another thing I was thinking about, like, because I think the pandemic is another kind of sign of globalization and environmental catastrophe. Yeah. In its own way, they say the roots of it came from our interference in the natural world. Yeah. So I thought, well, this guy, like he lost his sight with another pandemic, and that was a really interesting kind of synchronization of history. And then he wrote this very beautiful piece of music called The Lamentations of Owen Ro- O'Neill, which is what based, the, the whole track was based on the structure, which um, is about, like, the flight of the Earl. So it was all about these, like, great moments of huge upset and turmoil and sadness, which all became kind of That's mad, because things. it's all happening now. Even, yeah, even oh. th- like, we were supposed to have it in the Limerick concert hall i know yes and COVID has prevented us from and having the live concert yeah. so now it's moved to the complex in dublin so we're going to actually but that is all yeah it's connected. all connected yeah and it's yeah. kind of like yeah. history repeating itself 
Yeah, because we're living through a great climactic event, effectively. Like COVID is an example of us living with our interference with the natural world created this like uh, this disease. And there are going to be, they believe, more diseases that are going to come out of um, global warming and our interference with, you know, wild animals and encroaching on habitats. So that's where it all has come from. So what I've done is then I've also kind of created these kind of lyrics that are informed by mythology. And what I really enjoyed working with you on, Margaret, was because we were looking at, you know, poison and what's the antithesis to poison. And I I think I found out in the Irish folklore archives that eel skin was used as a treatment for people who were poisoned or had poison wounds that they would wrap in eel skin. And I said this to you and you were like, oh my God, eel skin is like, <laughs> it's the most beautiful material. Make the crowns out of the eel skin. Yeah, the eel skin is amazing. It's just, and so, it's so beautiful. And it looks also in a weird way, like petrol, like it looks like oil, which is a kind of a material I'm using a lot in this kind of poison landscapes, these CGI landscapes that I made in the video installation part of it. And but it also looks like the pl- polythene from, the, yeah. the plastic polythene that is really harmful for or farmers that yeah. they're not allowed to have it on their land and if they have it on the land they're fined because mm-hmm. my father is <laughs> a farmer he's a farmer and he does yeah. be like making sure that it's not on the land and yeah. like it interests me the visually yeah excited me and it was hard material to work with we see it this is why i loved the collaboration there because of, like our language changed in a way with the way we were talking <laughs> about things it, it came about like that mythology which is a written language then we started talking about that visual language of this, these visual materials that we were using and like what the, they symbolised, yeah. which was so cool in a way. Like And making the the shape actually was my favourite. Yeah. Going from drawing to, uh, ma- I made the shape then out of cardboard and wire and tape and then I got a, a block maker to, in Galway, um, yeah, so I designed and made the headpiece. First of all, I did some drawings while I visited you mm-hmm. up in Tipperary. Mm-hmm. You kind of let me hang out with you. And we <laughs> kind of drawed for some ideas and inspiration mm-hmm. and we both connected on what we thought would be cool visually, um, and the sketches. And then I wanted to turn it into a three-dimensional shape and form, which is kind of sculpture, really. It is sculpture. There's yeah. no there's no really about it. It really is what you do is wizardry. It's sculptural wizardry, absolutely. Uh, and then um, we, yeah, we I made the shape and then... We got, I asked Coleman Glennon to to replicate the the shape in wood form, so I could block and work with it, and that would have been a piece of art in itself. His block, like it's amazing, yeah, it's a beautiful piece, and of he's ma- going to make a little plinth for it now, so it'll be on display. Yeah, but every hat maker uses a, a mold, and they have a, a a block shape. And there used to be Philip Tracy. He told me when I worked for him how there was this man in France. And he was the most amazing, the best block maker in all the world. But he was really old and they were, it was in danger of this amazing skill being to lost, die, again. lost again. Another form of oblivion. Yeah, but it uh, actually, he passed away and no one took on the, oh, no. because, um, yeah, like hat making used to be really big back yeah. in the day. There used to be loads of haberdasheries and Hats everywhere. People used to wear hats all the time. So you used to always, haberdasheries were always in a town. There was yeah. always a few, but there's there's really not many. There's only Dublin, Cork and, um, Dublin, Cork and Limerick, but they're really, really limited. Yeah. So it's really difficult for me to get materials. Yeah. Like it's really struggle. 
So, yeah, like... I love your inventiveness. Like you, like you sought out this carpenter. And you were trying to <laughs> imbue him with like these like practices of old... Yeah, and he jumped at it. Like, he loved it, and he loved he's it. really into the project. And yeah, he's kind of come to the show. Amazing, and he, he used to he retired. He used to be a carpenter, and he's doing this uh, the block making. He came into my shop and he asked me what I like me me, me to design some stuff, and he wanted me to do mm. some drawings. Like he wants me to do drawings. I am going doing drawings for him, so he's going to use them and make some blocks for. His uh, website and stuff because he's so very sweet. Wonderful. He's a real sweet, and he's a uh, he's dyslexic like me, and uh, we kind of similar. We can make, but um, you yeah, know, but your language is in the form. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like it's your language. You're, you're fluent in materials. In like, materials, yeah. And then okay. even when it comes to like texting, we ring each other. You know, yeah. we're more like oh. in that type of space. Yeah. Because yeah. like I get that I'm dyslexic myself, so I totally get that. It's like even audio notes are great. Yeah, like, they're as brilliant in, for yeah. ways around those things. We're not so much pressure into like spelling things correctly, or you know. And yeah. sometimes your my mind is racing so much that I find I don't care about the mistakes because I'm like it's not important. It's about yeah, yeah. It's about get the end the message across, <laughs> and yeah, then people totally sometimes are like, oh, you spelled that wrong or whatever and I'm like oh yeah well even sometimes I reply say uh, want to be quick with a joke yeah. and it'll be not spelled right but my friend will be like oh I know what you mean <laughs> and it's always the people it's code, it's code. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's funny how people then are really like Nazis when it comes to this, this. Yeah, I live with one of those <laughs> <laughs> grammar Nazis some people are very yeah. obsessed with uh, but like the outcome at the end is supposed to be the end result like I'm really yeah, excited yeah. to see it together like as in yeah so like, yeah, it's, it's going to be like this multidisciplinary tapestry, effectively, like we're sewing together. Like, so we have like objects like the crowns, which feature in this filmic installation. So there's a film installation, video installation, I call it, called Oblivion Shaktamaltut Kualumtuk, which is the uh, Inuit t- translation of of uh that's um, amazing oh i'm really struggling and probably if rita hears hears me and she'll say you pronounced it wrong (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying i'm very much trying yeah um and the so so that's one iteration so it's going to be installed in limerick city gallery and it opens on the 16th of december and it runs for two months there it's also going to be shown on a huge outdoor screen in dublin for a week in December, I think the seventeenth oh, of December. That's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah. In, in this place called Wilton Park, which is down by the Grand Canal docks in or Grand Canal. Oh wow! In Dublin, so it's going to be on this massive, enormous uh, video screen. And then it's also not only that because going back to what we were talking about, like how, where art meets people, the public. Yeah. Is it's not only just going to be in these gallery spaces or that way. We're also doing a, a live concert in the complex. And it's also a piece of music that's going to be available to listen on the airways, but also available to buy as a vinyl as well. So I'm using all of those kind of methods that musicians use in pop music. So like the music video narrative or structure and things like that. And that's where you see Margaret's crowns, which are just gorgeous. And I we should I should say, I didn't actually say this, Margaret, as well. Like the, the motif on the crowns is the Ballard's Eye, <laughs> which was also such a lovely thing. You really responded to this. I thought it was cool. The Ballard's Eye. Yeah. I think it was really cool. And I, it was fun, like, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like bowled. It's bowled. <laughs> is I it an eye? Oh. Is it something else? <laughs> <laughs> and also, yeah. I really like uh, the, the story about the sculling. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. So I never. Did I didn't say this. <laughs> did I say this word? This Turlough is one of my Carlin? favorite things. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is kind of really funny. So Turlough Carlin, when he died, and he died before Bunting was collecting his music, but it was like thirty years between the two of them. And he's the guy who wrote the Lamentations of Owen Roe O'Neill that we're using in the, the the project. When he died, his grave was desecrated by an orange lodge in Newry, and the orange lodge took a skull. And they let the flesh obviously decompose off it. And they used it in this weird ceremony, initiation ceremony, where people had to drink from the skull. That's and it was mad. only returned, I think, in the 1980s. So was, his brain or his head was only returned to his body. Like it was like basically 180 years of his head rolling around Northern Ireland being used in this weird initiation. That's like, wild drinking out of it. White dudes, like... <laughs> Man, there's a real problem with white dudes. <laughs> <laughs> what are they at like? I don't know. <laughs> but like, but like, and yeah, they say that that's where this word sculling comes from, is to drink from curl like, pint. like it came from this kind of popular cultural thing. Like, yeah, that's mad. It's mad. And the, it's, so. it's really cool that you have delved into, I li- like the, the fact that you're collaborating with uh, Tropical Popical. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. To, yeah. To, to highlight the the nails, yeah. Like I mean, like again, it's kind of you know these pop. It's a popular cultural thing. I mean, like we went to the tropical popical salon, and they were he's Andrea amazing. Horn. Andrea Horn, really generous, and her amazing nail artist Kate O'Brien, who made these nails. So we wanted to bring the nail history back. So we got, and of course, the nail history is also contemporary pop culture history because you see Cardi B, Lil Nas X. You see uh, loads of like artists, Grimes, for example, yeah. using these really long nails. It's kind of this this motif of contemporary pop music or popular culture or R and B or what you see in mainstream music videos. But it's also it's also our Irish culture. Yeah. So we got these nails made up by this amazing nail artist in Tropical Popical, and Andrea backed the project, which was great. And so we've got three sets of nails: one with the um, Inuit uh, text saying oblivion across the nails one that says shock maltot in um and one that says oblivion in english and so reet wears the the irish ones ashing wears the inuit ones and i wear the english ones so that's that's uh, quite nice it's really nice it's kind of all mixed up uh, and they're beautiful objects like i mean this nail artist, she is the one that made these amazing Caravaggio. I don't know if anybody's been to the National Gallery. Caravaggio. The Caravaggio nails that she did. They were on show in the National Gallery and they're just amazing. So. I'm obsessed with that painting. It's my favourite painting. Yeah, it's in class. I, I'm <laughs> going to get a cat and call it Caravaggio. Oh, I love it. Because <laughs> I, when I go there, I just I sit there and I like I look at it and it's probably one of my favourite paintings. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like, it's I know it's brutal, yeah, but yeah. I love it. Yeah, and I, so there's something I. about it I can't explain it. Yeah. And it has a power over me yeah. and uh, I was really impressed with her Curvaggio nails I was like yeah, she's, oh my god like, she's a serious artist but actually even Kate was saying to me like she's somebody that dropped out of art college yeah she and uh, she just found out they weren't getting what she was doing and I was like Jesus you should go back now and show <laughs> them what you're doing because what you're doing is amazing yeah pop art. it's amazing 
contemporary art effectively in a popular cultural vehicle like it's yeah just an, a lot amazing. of people just do like that you. Yeah. Just like you yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you leave and then you come back doing yeah, something it's else it's because you're leaders and they're followers that's why oh really yeah <laughs> I'll put that one in my pocket now you're a leader <laughs> sorry about the language it's okay it's okay it's Dublin Digital they're quite cool they right. don't mind they're, uh, you can just beep 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 me out <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it's exciting The yeah. it's go- so it's going to be in Limerick and and then it's going to be in Dublin. And what date have you got the date for the? Yeah, Dublin? first of all, so it is going to be in Limerick. We're also doing a live performance, but it's not for an audience. It's going to be broadcast from the Irish World Academy of Music in the University of Limerick, who unfortunately couldn't have a live audience because of COVID. So thanks, COVID. Yeah. Uh, so that's on the twentieth, okay. and then on the twenty-first is the the concert in the complex in winter solstice on the solstice. So it's really nice. The date is twelve. Or 21, 12, 21. Oh, that's cool. So it's a really nice, uh, so, and it's the shortest day of the year. So I was like saying to everybody when I was talking about this project, it was like, it's an aurora borealis. It's like, this is only going to be this one time that we all get, we're all together. There's the band, the Oblivion band. Yeah. And, and, I, and I should say there's another, mu- two other musicians who are a really important part of this whole project too. And one is Steve Shannon, who's an incredible electronica artist. He's half of a, band called Mount Alaska who are very they're amazing well known and yeah. uh, he came on board with my partner Colin Murphy and the three of us composed the piece of music that ultimately became the Oblivion which track. is amazing by the way oh and thank you Margaret <laughs> when we were filming in the caves um, Aideen had the the music playing on the speaker mm. while we were doing the filming we yeah. the hats light up Oh yeah, we never said that. See? They do light up. We didn't say yeah. about the neon. Yeah, right? they neon yeah. light up, and yeah. they're um, and the the neon lights reflect on the the strings of Ashling's harp. Yeah, and you got a black harp. You were very lucky from Clarny Harps. So a big shout out to them. Yeah, an amazing. Very kindly harp. let us use their beautiful, sexy black. <laughs> it's so sexy. Patent harp, like it's like perfectly got. I'm sorry, no, I'm really like milking it Come now. Come on, now, so like, sisters hello. of mercy, like, like <laughs> yeah. coming for someone who wears black PVC. I, I, I know on a I'm, daily basis. I just haven't grown out of that face. Forty-two years of age, and I'm still wearing black PVC. Me too. <laughs> you too. Yeah, yeah, we're in. Well, the, you're not forty-two. Now, in fairness, <laughs> I'm not. You're no. only a baby. <laughs> But like, I still love a bit of PVC. Oh yeah, you can't beat a bit. I know PVC. we're gonna go. It's brilliant, especially when you've got kids that they vomit on you. You can just like <laughs> wash it off. <laughs> well, we'll have to wear our PVC on oh, the night yeah, on yeah, winter yeah. solstice. And yeah. is it going to be invite only? No, it's going to be open. So we're going to have an event bright. Um, oh wow! I, I think we're asking just for donations because we're not. Or, so if you can pay in something, then you can pay. You oh can wow! I believe that's what we're going to do. Uh, and how many yeah. people are allowed to come? We're limited with COVID numbers, but 250. So oh, it's, wow. that's good, actually. That's I mean, actually wonderful. My like, brother is coming, especially over from Mexico. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's really looking forward to going the, oh. to this thing. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Crack. The O'Connor clan will I be know, present. All the all them, yeah, a lot of them great. will be coming up. So how do you, uh, you book a ticket then or... Yeah, so so what's going to happen is we're going to be working with the ITMA and Music Network on on dissemination tickets and information, and on also on my own Instagram because uh, so I'll have like a few people yeah. now who really want to go to it. So brilliant! That's exciting. Brilliant. I can't wait. I can't believe it's on. It's on in Dublin. I know, and it's I kind am, of nearly better. It's gone to the capital in a way because 
it means, as I said, like it's a different audience. It's going to be an audience of the people, like, and that's the yeah. thing. That I, I and it's been people of all different places. And it's yeah, people who are interested in Irish traditional music are not interested in Irish traditional music. People who are interested in world music, people who are not interested in music at all, maybe just from fine art. People who are interested in like something new and not before seen before. Like, when have you ever heard Inuit throat singing electronica on Irish traditional harp combined? Like, it just has never happened. So no. this is and also really the unusual. visuals, the installation. Yeah. You're having an installation in the complex. Yeah. So when are you installing that and getting so ready? That, so actually, that's going to be very low key. In fact, the installation will just be the projection of the film behind the band. So what we're going to do is we're going to have. So I think the plan is the three musicians involved. Um, who have albums out at the moment. So Reet has an album out, Ashling has an album out, and Steve Shannon have an album out, and they're going to play. So it's an event now. It's going to be oh, they're cool. going to play something from their own. I um, am very proud to say that we are playing the full track, the yes. full fifteen-minute track on Dublin Digital. It'll be the first airing yes. of the show. You can also buy the vinyl. So where can you get the the vinyl? So you can buy the vinyl um, pre-order now on my website, aideenbarry.com, in the, the shop or editions section on the site. Um, and it will also be available to buy from Limerick City Gallery and also probably from the ITMA and maybe Music Network as well. Um, but in the, the vinyl, it's an artwork actually. So it's hand-signed. There's only 500. That's all we're doing. So when it's gone, it's gone. And inside in the vinyl comes with a limited edition poster and there are four different posters and nobody knows which poster they're going to get with the the vinyl. So it's a really, it's a super limited edition artwork and it's bright red. (laughs) I can't wait to get one. I know, I know. I'm going to have sexy red. I'm going to frame it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And I want to talk to you about music and when you were a kid. Okay. And when you were a child, were you... Um, what sort of music did your family, parents listen to or what was around your house or did you have to seek it out? No, I had to seek it out. Right? Like I did play the piano for seven years really badly. I can <laughs> attest to what all my my um, piano teacher wanted me to do was play musicals and I really kind of detest musicals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, except the Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not into musicals either. No, I can't handle it. Yeah, I, if people ask me to go to them, I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, no. It just doesn't. Unless like, it's I the know, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I know I have like some friends who are absolutely diehard musical like fans. Some people listen to them. Oh my God, we'll sing the words to Dolly the musical, <laughs> word for word. It's mad. Because they love Barbara Streisand. But no, that's not me. <laughs> anyway, Each to their own. So, no, so for me, for music, as I was saying, there was this amazing like goth, goth and metal scene. Grunge and Nirvana came to Cork in the 90s. My cousin got to go see them in um, in uh, the Forum and uh, in Sir Henry's and uh, I was super jealous about that um, of course you were and uh, I was in a kind of a band with him so I was kind of we were kind of into music playing piano badly to Guns N' Roses (laughs) while he was playing the guitar (laughs) (laughs) so it was a cover band yeah oh god it was terrible it was just kind of making up and maybe then taking it on elsewhere and then I was in other kind of punk bands in Cork uh, and used to hang out with other punk bands in Cork, like Brimskill Bombeat and Room 101. And okay, they went on to become your only massive and things like that. So I would h- hang out with a lot of musicians and play keyboards. 
in bands. This is really cringy when I think of it. Like, I apologise to anybody who's ever seen me play any music ever. <laughs> but like, well, no, I was really it's, it's, into metal. I was really into alternative music. I was really into industrial goth. So yeah. when Nine Inch Nails came out... You lost your life. Oh my God. I was like, oh, I found my tribe. Oh, yeah. it was amazing. And Bjork and PJ Harvey and things like that. But, yeah. but also like, I think the grunge thing was the starting point because it was a really great time to grow up. And because these bands were coming here, so Pearl Jam came here. Oh. And the Foo amazing. Fighters then after Nirvana came here and things. That's why I would go, kind of go and see them. But I, I was also interested in like people who were doing new things with music. Like Bjork was doing new things. Interesting music. stuff. Yeah. Super interesting stuff. And then there were there were artists who were also making unusual things with music in the 80s that I went back to look at them. So like Laurie Anderson. Oh, uh, oh, Superman. And I Amazing. don't know. Like, I love that. I love that like, so, so much. And she made it up as a kind of a piss take, which I, I love that. Like, she was like, I'm going to make a pop song. And it and, was so good. And it was so good. It was so good. And, and like, you know, you could argue that Kraftwerk, for example, are contemporary artists. Are oh, they like, are contemporary artists they in are, my mind. <laughs> have been. Yeah. Like, so me, me seeing people like that or people like Peter Gabriel collaborating, like the filmmaker Jans Fankmar, who would have been a big influence on my work as well, that those are the things that would um, have definitely influenced me. But it was like definitely, it was music... In, that was not really being played in pubs and things like that. It was, the, it, it was, was underground. It was underground. Like, yeah, um, underground. The My cousin mentioned this the last time I visited him. He said how a lot of um, artists and people who meditate, like, you know, they go into this trance-like form. I think that maybe artists like myself and you and other artists, we listen to the music and it puts us into this, we're kind of like in a not um, in a meditation, or in an inner rage. Like you should see me in a mosh pit. <laughs> like yeah, you feel the music. You feel it like an emotion. Like. Maybe we were over. Are we over? Like oh, definitely overstimulated. Yeah, totally and utterly. Like I would make my friends cringe. Like we're going actually to. I get a, so excited. We're going to a tribute band in December. <laughs> Seattle Grunge Fest, actually. Oh, cool. I can't wait. Like, I'm going to be my 14-year-old self. And I know my best friend, Flicky, has said to me, would you just tone it down a bit? <laughs> like, no way. <laughs> no way. I can't tone it down either. No. no. Yeah. And what's the point of go living? Go big or go home. Yeah. <laughs> what's the point of living if you have to hold yourself back? Yeah. Because... Like, there's no point being cool. No, like. no, 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 no. Don't be cool. No. Being cool is is being mad that on the dance floor. <laughs> that is, that's Because, like, it's, it's meant to be, if your heart yeah. wants it, your heart wants yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't fight it. Don't yeah, fight don't, it. Don't fight it. Don't but fight uh, it. Yeah. I think I'm excited to see the video that we did when we collaborated and we did, we went to Alloway Cave. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the harp so, being played from the, the mouth of Ireland, effectively, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was a special place. It was very nice mm. of Alleywood Caves to let us oh, go there. It? And they let us go into the special Oh my God, it's the place that the people aren't allowed to go to. It was the like... The public aren't allowed to go in there. We, we were super special, Margaret. We got to go to the space. We were a bit sp- scary and it spooky. Was a, it was a bit freaky now. And in yeah. fairness, like, Ashling Lyons, <laughs> like, took it really well. I had her perched, holding this harp on a cliff face made out of mud, about 40 feet in the air, wear, wearing high heels, Black makeup so she couldn't see, and your crown 
playing the piece of music while it was blasting out from the mouth of the cave at her. It was yeah. full she on. She took it all very well, didn't she? She <laughs> was extremely oh, she's um, amazing. an amazing person oh, to work with because no, she wasn't. She didn't complain once, and normally not once. She did people. say like it's like on a drunken night out with my girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know, but there's no alcohol involved whatsoever. We were, we're just mad. <laughs> But it's so cool, like as in the video to me is very like a music video. Oh yeah, it's it's very much, and it's got to be, and it is being edited in that style of music video of chop, 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 chop. Which is really good. I think it's really hitting on popular culture. I think people are going to love it. I make sure to keep an an ear out and an eye out for the tickets for that because they'll go like hot buns. I just know my family alone. They'll all be like, really, I'm really glad to hear that. I think they'll go like wildfire. I yeah. hope so because I mean, like it's it, you it's haven't heard of this project before. It's wild. It's cracked. It's it is mad. It's very eccentric. It's really eccentric and really unusual. But also, I mean, like Reet is like a superstar. I know. In her own right, like in Canada, she's like a- Amazon's top twelve artist to look out for for twenty twenty one. You know, she's this amazing kind of rising star in the pop world there. So you're doing a really cool project in. Lithuania, Lithuania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want so, to talk about that? Yeah, actually, and that I'm working with three very different composers and musicians on that as well, actually. So I'm directing a feature film. It's called Clustus, which for any of your Lithuanian, maybe Irish uh, audience listening will understand that it translates as pleats or folds. And it's about uh, their second city, Konus in Lithuania, and it was their capital. And it's all about the hidden history of this amazing, beautiful, we would call it like an art deco city. It's gorgeous architecture. Um, but they call it interwar modernism because they had this amazing, the city was only built in 20 years from 1919 to 1939 before they were invaded by the Nazis and then the Soviets. And then all the people who made the city effectively were killed by either the Holocaust or sent to gulags. So it's about like finding the stories of these incredible people and bringing them life to life using stop motion animation and then I'm working with these three incredible uh, Lithuanian composers. One who's only 18 years of age, and she's like another reach, another genius. Aiva Rabraeta. I'm probably murdering her surname there. But uh, just an amazing uh, musician and composer her in her own right. And um, uh, listens to metal too, <laughs> like myself. But yeah, so that's it's, a, it's coming out next year. I think the release date will be sometime in the summer in Lithuania, but it will also come to Ireland. To and it'll be going on tour. Yeah, it's going to go tour the world. And yeah. Oblivion's going on tour too. Yeah, so Oblivion goes from Limerick to Thurlis, well, from Limerick to Dublin to Thurlis. Then it goes to Paris. Then it probably goes to the Netherlands. Then it goes to Belfast. And then it's going to go to North America in 2023. So it's we're going to have a bit of a hoolie in Paris though, because we're going to have the concert again in the Canada Councilate or the Canada Council in so Paris. So I'll be there. Yeah, that should be a bit of a hoolie. <laughs> we'll have a bit of yeah. it. a shindig. A bit of a shindig. Well, hopefully Reese will be there too. Yeah, she will. She'll be joining us. Amazing. Thanks to courtesy of the Councilate in, in Paris. So, very yeah. sound. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And your film, so that'll be out next year. Yeah. And your, So there's a lot going on in, yeah. in the world of Aiden Barry at the moment. M- mental. Margaret, but I think it's because of COVID, you know, it just made everything happen together and everybody wants everything right now. So yeah, that's it's quite demanding, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it so all happens at once. Like even with me, I feel I mm. it all happens at once. Like, you know, your mm. life can change quite quickly in the space of a month or two yeah. when you're an artist, you know, because like 
it's constantly changing and you can get a project out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, you can get like these mad projects that you're like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, you can't say no to them. No, you can't say you no can't to, say them. to them. Yeah. yeah, you can't. And um, I'm really, um, I'm delighted to have you on the show and you've been amazing. And I can't wait to see all your adventures next year. And if you don't uh, follow Aideen already, make sure to give her a follow on social media and keep um, an eye and an ear out for all of her new projects and I'll hope to see y'all and you'll hope to see them all, all hope, hopefully some of our Dublin digital or digital yeah, yeah. Um, of our listeners will come and see Oblivion in the, it's actually brilliant. on in the complex the same yeah. place where Dublin Digital has our where is our space oh brilliant so it's the okay. same venue Great. so that's cool so hopefully it's so a nice little connection then. a nice little connection yeah. there I hope you guys Make sure to to pre-order the record. And I hope you like this 15 minutes. I'm playing this. Uh, 18 suggested me cut it down because it was too long for radio. <laughs> I just said a radio I play t- version. <laughs> I was like, no way, Jose. We're having full first play of Oblivion. And make sure to buy it in, in um, on 18's website. Qimasimayut <laughs> Nunabut 
I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. I feel good.
So now we're going to play Aideen Barry's tune, especially for her. It's in the album Big Science. It's Laurie Anderson. The cover is also amazing. And this is O Superman, especially for Aideen Barry. And I hope Aideen Barry stays creating art until the day she dies because she's class. And this is for you, Aideen. This is the hand, the hand that takes, 
This is the hand. The hand that takes. Here come the plane. They're American planes, made in America, smoking, oh, non-smoking.
So now we have a tune called Lady Luck by Richard Swift. He was an American singer, songwriter, instrumentalist, producer and filmmaker. And he sadly died in 2018. Um, this tune was released in 2009 and it's wonderful. It was in an album called The Atlantic Ocean um, he's alternative indie rock and he's been connected to a lot of interesting bands. Um, this Richard Swift guy, I was sad to see that he had passed away. I didn't know that he had passed away. Um, he's associated acts with the Arcs, the Shins, the Black Keys and Starflyer 59. This guy was gifted and this is Lady Luck.
this is a song for all the artists and musicians and creative people like the filmmakers and all of the different graphic designs, printmakers, textiles, fashion, all of these people who work crazy hours like on set and in their studios. Crazy people, great, great people working 13, 12 hours days without a break, eating what they can, trying to go to the toilet when they can. Um, this is called Work It by Maria Davison. And this is for all the workers and the creative souls that just don't stop working.
explain one last thing to you. When I say work, I mean you've got to work for yourself. Love yourself. Feed yourself. So you can be a winner. All together. Work. Work it. have a very cool band and um, the song is called 1880 or so um, even the way it's written the or so has a capital O I like them <laughs> the band is called television they're from New York City and um, they were really um, really like active back in the 1970s they're the genre they would be classified in is art punk art rock post-punk and proto-punk, all of the things that I like. Um, they're weird, they're interesting. Their use of letters and words and sounds excite me on a good level. And this is 1880 or so by television. The vision didn't The time 
This is actually my last time I'm going to be in this shop in Ennis in County Clare. I'm moving to the Big Smoke in Dublin. My new spa- space is two, three doors up the road from the Olympia um, on Dame Street, um, which is very exciting. It's a new space and I will, yeah, I hopefully will be able to record my show live from the Dublin Digital, um, their studio space. Um, on a Sunday, which would be nice to try and do that. Um, but I'm pre-recording this show and it's going to be airing next Sunday. And next Sunday, Other Voices is on. And I wanted to, I wanted to have a big, massive shout out to Other Voices. It, Other Voices, it's 20 years of their anniversary. And if you want to support Other Voices, you can buy their merch. They have Deadly Scarfs. And they have deadly, they've got this amazing photographic book and they have all these really, really beautiful merch that you can purchase for them and support their their business and their the fact that they are keeping music alive. Now, Other Voices wasn't on last year, Dingle wasn't on and it's on this year. And sure, we're about to burst with excitement. I'm going down myself, I'm going down on Thursday and I'm just going to have a whole weekend off before I go to Dublin and just listen to music. And hopefully win some tickets. But there's loads of competitions online if people want to try and win tickets. But I just wanted to be, say a big shout out to Other Voices and congratulations on 20 years of this magic. And it's a credit to you and we're delighted. And I, I was watching the London call in one that you had with Sane Sisters. And I always watch your Other Voices, um, your, your, your live shows and it, it's just wonderful. And the fact that you move all different places, you have other voices in Mayo and other voices in all these different counties. And it's very special. And yeah, happy anniversary. And I'm going to play a tune by Fontaine's DC. It's called Big because they're playing on the church on the Sunday. And yeah, here we go. In the rain is mine A pregnant city with a Catholic mind Starts those sheets for the birdhouse jail On mescaline when the past is stale Pale Dublin in the rain is mine A pregnant city with a Catholic mind Slick little boy with a mind of rich Pulling that thread for the next big fix This My childhood was small My childhood was small But I'm gonna be big but I'm gonna be big My childhood was small My childhood was small But I'm gonna be big But I'm gonna be big But I'm gonna be big Well, Dublin in the rain is mine 
A pregnant city with a Catholic mind Stamps those sheets for the burnout jail How mescaline when the past is stale Pale, doubling in the rain is mine A loose ambassador for all that crime Slick little boy with a mind of ritz Pulling that thread for the next big fix This My childhood was small My childhood was small But I'm gonna be big But I'm gonna be big My childhood was small Ah yeah, 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 my childhood was small But I'm gonna be big But I'm gonna be big But I'm gonna be big I'm gonna be big So next up we have a tune called Jealous Guy Now, obviously, everyone knows Well, I hope they would know That this Jealous Guy song is written by the late John Lennon Back in 1971, his Imagine album. So this is a cover. It's by Donna Hathaway. It was for a movie called The High Note and it was released in 1972. And this is a live version and this is special. And this is Jealous Guy. Shivering inside 
an Alva tune by a guy called Marlon Williams. He's from New Zealand and this song is called Party Boy. Um, he's a guitarist and an actor. He's based in Australia and yeah, he's really, really talented. You often see him, you kind of see him, he gets a lot of um, musician roles. Um, so he pops up here and there on, on films. Uh, this album that he released was called Make Way for Love. It was released in 2018 and this is Party Boy. Party Boy Everybody loves you how they do Yeah, they really rely on you Pull the party Wild one, don't give the game away But the powder dried up yesterday Party boy I know there's a party boy It's terrified of the party boy Party boy, I don't like you I know you know you don't mean to be a party boy If I find you, if I catch you Party in the bottom of the by The Replacements. It's called The Swinging Party. This is the 2008 remastered version. They're an amazing band. They're kind of like indie rock. Um, it was released in 1985. There's a really interesting band called Kindness and they covered their, their ba- this tune as well. Uh, this tune is really, really beautiful. And um, yeah, I love the remastered version. It sounds so nice. And this is The Swinging Party by The Replacements.
A big thank you to Aideen Barry. Make sure to check her out on her Instagram or her website at Aideen Barry. If you type it into the internet, it will pop up. If you want to pre-order the vinyl, the records um, for Oblivion, you can order that now and get it as it will be a collector's item, a piece of art that you can have and keep forever. Um, my show has been working with music. This is the last time I am recording from County Clare. Um, I will be recording my next show in Dublin, in the Big Smoke, in Balia Hikleha. And yeah, my next show is on the 26th of December, which is St. Stephen's Day. And I'll have, obviously, we'll be having a Christmas special. So, togo boogie, and I'll speak to you all next week. <laughs>